Welcome, 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 people of God. Come on in the room. Get your Bibles, get your pens, get your pads. We are about to go further in our series about foundations. I pray that you've been blessed the last couple of weeks that I've been sharing just some large, high themes regarding the foundations of our faith. I hope it's been a blessing to you because it's been a blessing to me in studying it. But I want you to do, I want you to get your books. And if you don't have a book, we have a digital PDF version of this. And what we want to do, we want to just inspire you to dig deeper into this book. Uh, 30 minutes is not long enough to get into the vastness of this material. But I, I want to inspire you just to dig deeper so that we can build our foundations of our faith. Now, just for a, a little bit of review, uh, the first week we talked about who is this man named Jesus? knowing that Jesus is the cornerstone of our faith. We are Christians. That's the reason that we are Christians, because we have been saved by the completed work of Jesus Christ. So we talked about uh, uh, in, in who is this man named Jesus, that Jesus is our cornerstone, that Jesus is our elder brother. He is our atonement for our sins. He did no wrong, but he became sin so that we could be free from it, that Jesus is the ultimate expression of the love of God. And, and, and lastly, that, that Jesus is our access that everything that we have access to in the kingdom of God, it is because Jesus is the door. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. We talked about this man named Jesus. And then last week, we talked about it only takes a word, that Jesus was the word of God that was wrapped in flesh, and that God's response to chaos was the word. That in the beginning, there was a vastness and voidness over the deep. And God's response to it, that he spoke a word and he set chaos in order. And we talked about that God's word is transformative. And we talked about that, uh, that when, uh, when God had, uh, uh, when Jesus had talked to Peter and told him, cast a net over there, that they actually changed the nature of the fish. And, and at times that where they normally would not bite, they started biting, y'all, because God's word will transform situations. We talked about God's word being limitless, that there are no limits to God's word. We also talked about God's word is his reputation, that he watches over his word. He said, I'm not going to depend on anybody else to make this happen. My name is at stake. So therefore, I'm watching over my word to perform it, to make sure that it comes to that it comes to pass. And lastly, we talked about that, that that in order to benefit from the word, we have to have vast knowledge of the word. We have to trust in that word. We have to cultivate and meditate on that word day and night. And then after we realize what the word is, we got to obey it. It does no good to know about the word. If we don't obey the word. Amen. And so this week we're going a little further past Jesus, past the word. And we're going to talk about prayer today. We're going to talk about praying and that that prayer is an amazing tool and vehicle that God has given us to 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 fellowship with him, to talk with him. And a lot of times people try to mystify prayer, okay? People try to mystify prayer and say, you know, well, you know, I can't pray like such and such. And, you know, uh, 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 the mother of the church can pray so good and she can just pray so, so eloquent. And I don't have all these eloquent words, but I'm just going to break it down for y'all. Prayer is just conversation. Whether you have a significant other or, or, or a child or a co-worker, it is simply talking with God. But let me tell you this. It's not a monologue. This, this is your first point right here. Prayer is not a monologue. It's a dialogue. 
I want you to write that. Prayer is not a monologue where, where, where I'm just talking and God is just listening. It is a dialogue. Sometimes when we go into the chamber of prayer, we just want to meditate. God, what are you saying? What is your direction for this day? What is, what is your solution for this life's dilemma that I have? So many, that's the reason a lot of times we get bored in prayer and we don't enjoy it because we run out of things to say when the fact of the matter is uh, you don't get on the phone with your friend and say, hey, I was, do, I was doing this, I was doing that, and you just talk the whole time. It is a conversation. When you engage in conversation with somebody, you realize there's going to be an ebb and flow. You're going to talk. I'm going to listen. Uh, I'm going to listen while you talk. There is a free flow of information and if we realize and we demystify prayer and just realize that I'm sitting down with God, I'm on my knees, I am, I am laying before God to have a conversation. Now, I may be the conversation starter, but eventually God is going to say something. And I want to position, I want to posture myself to where I am tuning my ear to what God wants to say. Come on, let's go into the word of God. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Luke, the 11th chapter. In the first verse, and it says this, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, this is Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And this is what Jesus said to him. Very interesting. He said, when you pray, start off by saying, our father which are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now, I'm going to stop right there. Many of us know that that is the Lord's prayer. But I find it very interesting. The very first thing that Jesus taught when he was teaching his disciples is we need to acknowledge the relationship. Somebody type relationship. We need to acknowledge the relationship where he said, our father who art in heaven. The first thing I want you to know is prayer is relational. You don't have in-depth conversation with anybody unless you have some type of relation. It may be friendship. It may be we're co-workers. It may be mean we're colleagues. Maybe maybe that we went to uh, to school together. We have some type of history. But I want you to know to demystify prayer. That prayer is relational. And what Jesus did before he asked for anything, he established the hierarchy of the relationship. He said, "Our Father." Who art in heaven. When when he acknowledged God the Father, he says, I am subservient to you. It means that you are my provider. I am the offspring from you. And so I honor you as my father. You are above me. I am beneath you. I can do nothing unless you allow it, unless you speak it. God, this is the relationship. And, and that is the first posture of our heart. This is the first thing that Jesus spoke, that he taught in, as it pertains to prayer. You have to posture yourself. In humility and say, you are my father. I get my identity from you. I get my name from you. I take directions from you. I have your name. I have your ID. I, I have your DNA within me, God. And so I acknowledge you as my father. When we pray, it shows our dependence on God. I would dare say that if you have a weak prayer life, you're literally saying to God, I don't need you. I got this. I got this. And so many Christians, we're saved. We've, we've made the confession. We're Holy, we're Holy Ghost filled with all those things. But we live a life of prayerless, a, 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 a life of prayerlessness because we figured that we've got it out. 
We've got it all figured out. We've got it all figured out. And we're telling God, say, God, I'll break the glass in case of emergency. And as a result, we use the vehicle of prayer, the tool of prayer, the privilege of prayer as an emergency tool to cope with life when we mess it up. <laughs> yeah. We use God like a paramedic. We use God like 911. Oh, I got trouble going on in my life. I got a bad, bad diagnosis. The, uh, enemies are surrounding me on my job. Let me go and pray. No, God said, men should always be in a posture of prayer. And when we pray, we show our dependence. We, come with, we, we, we show our humanity that we are limited as to what we can do. And how we can solve the issues. But I do know my father. And my father is able to solve what I cannot solve. His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. He is alpha and omega. He is the beginning of the end. He knows the way that I take. So why would I not take advantage of the privilege of prayer? And talking with the one who knows it all. Who sees all. Who's omniscient. And never has lost a battle. So when we go to God in prayer, it's an act of humility. Say, God, uh, you gave me this life, yet and still my life is not my own. I am dependent on the Father for direction. 1 John 5 and 14 says, this is the confidence that we have when we approach God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now, this is piggybacking off Jesus saying, our Father which art in heaven. When God's children speak, God hears us. I want you to understand that. That when you come to God in faith, his ear is tuned to your voice. Y'all heard me say last week, I've got three children. And I've heard them cry. And I've heard them goo-goo and gaga. I heard them say dad-dad. And I, hold them, I heard them bad, but I heard them, heard, I heard them as they matriculated in their knowledge and their linguistic skills to where they, they say speeches and they sing and they do all these things now. I can, I, my children can be in a room of 150 children, but I know the distinct uh, tone and timbre of my children's voice because of the time that I spent with him. My question to you is, when you cry out to the Lord, does he know your voice? Or is, has it been so seldom that we have talked to him? They said, who is that? I think I know their voice. Is that, is that such and such? No, that can't be her. I hadn't, heard, I hadn't heard from her in a long time. How well would God recognize your voice? The reason I know my children's voice is because I talk to them every day. I, I know my, my, my son is 16 now. I, I, I recognize when his voice went from being squeaky as, as in a 12-year-old to now it's deeper than mine. I know my children's voice because I'm their father. And my ear is tuned to their voice. So my question to you is, is God's ear tuned to your voice? Or if you called his name, would he not recognize you because you haven't spoken in so long? That's why we pray. That's the title of my message. Got a little ahead of myself, but the title just, just for my thoughts tonight is that's why we pray. That's why we pray. 
It is, it is a privilege and an honor that we have as believers. We have access to God. The same access that we talked about uh, last week, that Jesus is our access. The word, the word of God says that we can, come, we can come boldly before the throne of grace and obtain mercy in the time of need because we are his children. We belong in the court at the table with Jesus. We are seated with Jesus in heavenly places. And when we speak, our Father hears us. And so we can speak with confidence. My children have no inkling of doubt that when they speak to daddy, daddy's going to solve the need. Whether it is they're hungry or I need some money for a field trip or, or dad, I need these shoes because I've got track this track. I'm running track this season. Whatever it is, they come to daddy with confidence because they know their connection to the father. And so they don't come timid. Uh, Daddy, would you? Uh, I, know, I know I'm not worthy. Uh, if, if, I tell them, if you don't lift your head, you're a Jones. You're a son. You're a daughter. You came from me and your mother. You can come to me boldly and ask what you need. And so that is my encouragement to you tonight. Are you a son? Are you a daughter? And if you name the name of Jesus Christ, you can come boldly before the Lord and ask what you will because the Father takes a good pleasure and blessing and hearing his children. That's why we pray. I want somebody to type that. That's why we pray. We pray because we can. We pray because we have access. We pray because the way has already been made. Jesus already paid the price, and we have a seat at the table. And when we speak, the Father listens. Philippians 4 and 6 says this. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, look at this, y'all, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And once we do that, once we, don't, once we let go of anxiousness and we get in a posture of prayer, and then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. My next point is prayer is the antidote to worry. I want somebody to type that. Prayer is the antidote. It is the solution. I know this world is filled with all types of dilemmas and all types of situations and all types of things that are out of our control. You cannot control life, but you can control how you respond to it. And the believer uh, that is deeply rooted in Jesus Christ, our response to life's ails and the things that happen in life should be, we should go to God in prayer because prayer is the antidote to every situation that life will throw at us prayer is the solution prayer is the is the cure to what ails whatever happens in life Matthew 11 and 28 says come to me oh ye who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest take your yoke upon me and learn of me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is Jesus talking. The next point is, is that prayer is a vehicle for exchange. I want somebody to type exchange. Prayer is the vehicle for exchange. I want you to know that Jesus died not only for your sins, but he died for every burden. He died for every situation. He died for every dilemma. And he's saying, come to me. 
If you're weary, if you're heavy laden, and I want you to exchange your weariness for rest. So I died for that. Why are you not using all of your benefits and privileges when I died for that? God is saying, whatever issue you're going through, I don't care what, what dilemma, I don't care what kind of pressure the enemy is trying to put on you and that life is putting a vice on you and you feel like you're about to pop and you're about to give up and you're, and you're, go, and you're going here and you're going there and you can't find uh, the solution to your situation. Jesus is saying, come to me, but I need you to come to me in prayer. And look, you have not because you ask not. And if you don't come to me and ask me, to get involved, you're going to carry that weariness. You're going to carry that burden. He said, take, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Because my yoke is easy. You know what a yoke is. A yoke is what they used to put over an ox. And, and, and when they would pull the reins, they, they, would, they, they, would, they would turn them. And if you turn this way, the ox would turn that way. And, and many times there's at least two yoke of oxen. And, 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 and if the yoke was tight, at the slightest pull, it would almost hurt the animal. And Jesus is saying, my yoke is easy. I'm going to give you slight tugs. My Holy Spirit is, when you pray, and I give you direction, I'm going to give you a slight witness in your spirit. God said, I'm a gentleman. I'm not going to force you to do anything. My yoke is easy and my burden is light, but you got to learn of me. And, and, but the only way you, that, that, that you're going to take my yoke is that you have to come to me through the vehicle of prayer. And you got to make an exchange. He said, I've got healing for you if you exchange that sickness. I've got, I got wealth and blessing for you if you exchange that mentality of poverty. I've got peace for you if you come and exchange that chaos. But I'm not going to force my will on you. See, that is the wonderful thing about God. He said, I wish above all that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. That's God's wish for us. We know as parents, we want the best for our kids, but they, 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 they reach a level of being an adult that you can, only, you can only pray and have aspirations for them, but they have to make a decision to choose the best route. And God is saying, I wish above all that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prosper, but you've got to make the choice to come to me because my way is better. My way is better. I know you can choose that way, but God said, I've got a much better way to be. But the only way you're going to learn the secrets, the only way that you're going to learn my will for you is in my word and in the chamber of prayer. God said, I, 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 I've got all these things laid up for you. But those things will die on the vine if you don't come to me. And God has chosen the vehicle of prayer to make an exchange. And so I want somebody to type right now. From now on, I'm going to make an exchange. That every time I come in God's presence, I expect to be a little lighter, to be have a little more wisdom, to be a little more full of joy, to be a little more full, uh, full of peace. Whenever I come in contact with the master through prayer, I am coming to lay something down and to pick something up. What he has is better. What he has is so much better than what we are fighting to hold on to things. God said, if you would just let that go, I, what you, what you're willing, if you're willing to let that thing go, what I have in place of it is so much better. But you have to come to me through prayer. Matthew 18 and 18 says this. Truly, I tell you, 
whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. This is another vehicle and a tool of prayer. That prayer is a tool, but prayer is also a weapon. <laughs> somebody, somebody type tool and weapon. I could, if I had a hammer on, on, in my hand right now, uh, the, the, the basic purpose of that hammer is a tool to hit nails in the backside. I can pry uh, nails and screws out. But if I got in an altercation with somebody, that same thing that I could use to build, I could also use it as a weapon to inflict harm against the subject that I'm trying to hit. Why are you saying that, Pastor Tony? I am saying that because prayer is an amazing preemptive tool that if we go to God ahead of when we're, when we're about to go in situations, God can say, look, here is a tool. I, I, uh, if, you, if you go to me preemptively in prayer, I will be your GPS. I'll tell you to go over here. I'll tell you when to stop. I'll tell you when to back up. I'll tell you when to go left. I'll tell you to go right. God's vehicle of prayer is an amazing tool of wisdom that God can give us to, to navigate all the dangers and all the potholes and all the landmines of life if we use the tool of prayer. But also, prayer is a weapon. And right here, he, he, oh, Jesus is saying, he said, whatever you bind on earth, if you see something that is out of alignment with my will and my providence and my word for your life, you have permission to bind it up. You have permission to say, look, I tie you up. You are violating God's word and God's principle. And so you are, I, 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 I evict you from this place. I evict you out of my family. I evict you out of my workplace. I evict you out of my body. You are trespassing. And so I bind you up. What do we do when we bind it? We tie it up and we render it helpless and immobile. Meaning that when the enemy is running roughshod in our lives, we have the authority through the blood and the name of Jesus. Jesus to bind the devil up. We tolerate too much as believers. We take too much off the enemy and we take too much off this world system. We have the ability now, and Pastor Tony is not telling you to go in the office and, and, and have a revival because you're going to get fired. So don't do that. But what I am saying that we can walk in places and take them for authority. I bind up that spirit of confusion. I bind up that spirit of, of people uh, uh, getting together and, and people uh, plotting and, 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 and trying to, to get people fired and trying to do things that are against the will of God. We are taking too much off this world system and the enemy when we have been given the authority to use his name and to bind and to loose. And once we bind up the works of the enemy, once we bind up confusion, he said, whatever you bind on earth, you have given me permission to come and get involved in your affairs. And after we bind up, after we stop and we cease the activity of the enemy, he said, you also not only have power to bind in prayer, but you have the ability to loose. <laughs> we have the ability to loose, loose peace, loose joy, loose prosperity, loose healing, loose, uh, loose uh, uh, harmony in marriages. We have the ability through the vehicle of prayer to bind and to loose. And so prayer is a wonderful tool. But every now and then we got to get in a fight and we got to use our weapon. 
Somebody type in the chat right now. I'm going to use my weapon. I'm going to use my weapon. We've been taking too much off the devil. We've been in the corner just letting us say, mm, I, I, whenever you finish, devil, I, I'll resume uh, uh, what I was doing. No, we can tell the devil, devil, you are, you are trespassing. You can go no further. Get out of my job. Get out of my mind. Get out of my children. Get out of my marriage. I bind you up and I lose the spirit of love, joy, peace, prosperity. And I lose the spirit of faith over everything that is attached to me. Somebody tell you, I'm going to loose it. I'm going to bind it, and I'm going to loose it. You've been given the authority. So you have to understand that when God created the heavens and the earth, he gave man dominion over the earth, meaning he said, look, this is your house. I can't come and get involved in your affairs no more than I can come to your house and just come into your, and, 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 and open your door and start cooking on your, in your kitchen. You may say, Pastor Tony, what are you, look, I'm, I'm glad to hear God bless you, but what are you doing in my house? I didn't give you permission to be here. And that's what God is saying. He's saying, my hands are tied. Meaning that nothing is released from heaven except it is first spoken in the earth realm. He's given you dominion over those children. He's given you dominion over your family and over your house and over everything that is named to you. He's given you. He said, and if, and if you want to stand still and let the devil run roughshod and wreck your whole life, God said, I'll stand here and let you do it because you are, you, you are not utilizing the tool and the weapon that I gave you. God said, God, God said I'm, I'm, I'm in the starting blocks. I am ready. I am ready to do what, I, what only I can do. I am ready to set the crooked path straight. I am ready to, to fall the plot in the plans of the enemy. But I can't do it if you don't give me permission. <laughs> Matthew 7 and 7 says this. And I'm just about finished, y'all. I mean, I'm excited tonight because I believe in the power and the principle of praying to our Father. Matthew 7 and 7 says, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone asks, receives, and the one who seeks shall find. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. My last point I want to share with you, and I've already kind of alluded to it just a little bit, that when we pray, we give God a permission slip. Somebody say permission slip. Y'all remember the old, old permission slip when you used to be in school and you say, teacher, I, I, need to go, I need to go to the library. Well, okay, okay, let, let, me, uh, let, let me give you this permission slip. So if a teacher finds you in the hall because you're not supposed to be out there during this time, you, you have clearance, you, you have authority to walk and to go exactly where you said you would go. And so what the teacher would do, they would write your name on it and they would write your destination on it. And when we pray, we give God a permission slip. To get involved in our affairs. I don't want everybody in my business, but I want God involved in my affairs. God is saying, I'm a gentleman. I'm going to knock at the door. But I will not cross the threshold unless you say, come in. And when we pray with faith, with belief, and we obey God with what we hear in prayer. And that's a whole nother subject that I can't get into right now. But when we trust God in what we hear, because remember, prayer is not a monologue. Prayer is a dialogue. And when God gives us instruction, it is incumbent upon us to obey what he says. But when we get the nuggets and the directions in prayer, we've got to obey. 
but we've got to ask. We have not because we ask not. Then we got to seek. After I've asked for God, I'm coming back to you again, and I'm thank you. Lord, I thank you for answered prayer. I thank you, Lord, for a healed body. I thank you, Lord, for provision being made, Lord. I'm not going to worry about it, God, but I'm going to cultivate my belief in that seed of faith that I already have in your ability to fix it. God, I believe it. I thank you. I thank you. Look, just build God's confidence. God, I thank you. Lord, Lord, you, there, you are not slack concerning your promises, and you will watch over your word to perform it. When, when you pray like that, You'll get, you get closer and closer and closer to your miracle. Ask, seek, knock. Nothing is released, people of God, without prayer. Nothing is bound up without prayer. God will not get involved unless we ask him to. Ask him to. God said, I, 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 I want to bless you more than you want to be blessed. I want to heal you more than you want to be healed. I want to make you prosperous more than you want to be prosperous. But I am a God of principle. And if I set principles and vehicles up, you have to go by way of the principles that I set up. And one way is through my son Jesus. He's your access. The other way is being reminded of what you're entitled to in your word. And the last plank that we're talking about today is that we must use the vehicle of prayer. We've got to pray, y'all. A prayerless life is a powerless life. I'll say that again. A prayerless life is a powerless life. And God said, I've got all this power. I've got all this potential. I've got all these things that I want to do for you and through you. But I need you to pray. Don't do it in emergency. Men should always pray. Men should always pray. Men should always pray. Pray without ceasing. You say, Pastor Tony, I can't be praying all the time. But sometimes when you just turn on some worship and you just meditate and say, God, I thank you. That's prayer, y'all. When we, when we speak over our children, it don't have to be, Father God, in the name of Jesus, oh, oh creator of the universe. People can't pray like that, and nobody's, nobody's begrudging you for it. But sometimes just saying the name of Jesus is a prayer all by itself. Y'all, it's all about Jesus. And when we go through the vehicle of prayer in Jesus' name, God the Father will hear us. He's eager. We're not asking him to do something that he doesn't already want to do. He wants to bless you. He wants to prosper you. He wants to heal your body. He wants to save your family. He wants to do all those things. But we got to posture ourselves in prayer. Come on, let's pray. God, we thank you. We bless you, Lord, for all that you are. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with knowledge. And, Lord, now that we know better, God, it is incumbent upon us to do better. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege and the vehicle of prayer. We thank you, Lord, that through the vehicle of prayer, God, you're going to blow our minds. It's not just for consecration. It's not just for a period of fasting. Lord, you said in your word that men should always pray. We should stay. Our hearts should always be in a posture of prayer. God, we love you. God, we trust you. And we know that you have better plans for us than we could ever have for ourselves, God. We know you, Lord. You hold the secrets. You hold the plans. And so right now, Lord, we recommit ourselves to the institution, the privilege of prayer. 
God, we know you want to hear us. You're not a God that has turned a deaf ear to us because you are Father. And because you are Father, you hear your children. And it won't be long before you solve the issue. It may not be like we want it. It may not be how we, en we envisioned it. But God, you're going to come and see about your children. Lord, we love you. Lord, we bless you. And we thank you, Lord, for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do through your children and your people, God. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. We pray that you have been blessed tonight. If you would, share this with somebody. Let somebody know that, that I learned a little bit about prayer. Share with somebody. And we want to see you on Sunday morning. We're, having a, we're going to have a wonderful time. Pastor Andy has been in a wonderful series about insecure. And we want you to join us in the place. There is something about being in one place on one accord. God will join us. And we want to see you here in the place. God bless you. We love you. Take care.